What came first, the town or the tree? Even at its oldest, civilization as we know it began around 3000 BC, while the earliest trees on earth can be dated back to over 400 million years ago. Not much of a competition, is it? Why then are we allowing our cities to rapidly expand, causing more than 46% of the world's forest to be completely destroyed? The concept of urban forestry has become increasingly paramount, not only for the aesthetic value of our cities, but for the carbon sequestration capabilities. In fact, just one mature tree can sequester 22 pounds of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. We are in dire need of a solution to support the built greenery of our cities. As air contaminants, poor irrigation, and inhospitable conditions cause more than 30% of urban trees to quickly die after being planted. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Majed Abusef, team leader at Smart and Sustainable Built Environment, a multidisciplinary company providing solutions to achieve net zero energy and operational carbon, starting with the urban forestry industry. Resiliency. Discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Majed. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And of course, I want to, as always, thank our listeners and viewers for tuning into this episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend Majid Abu Saif. Oh, we're going to start that over. Take two. Hello and welcome, Majed. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Preview Tomorrow. And again, to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. I'm really excited to, to introduce you to my friend Majed Abusef. He is the team leader for Smart and Sustainable Built Environment. This is a company working to create green infrastructure products and carbon performance simulation software to achieve net zero emissions in the near future. Whew, Majid, that, that is not only a mouthful, but the truth is, this is a huge issue you're tackling. So I want to know first about you. Why are you compelled to, to work on this issue and solve it for the rest of us? So maybe we can remember the old days when we was in the cities, our cities, like with very less houses. And then you can just open this window and you have this nice breeze with all the greenery outside. But actually, these days we cannot do that. Once we open the window, we have a lot of noise. We have a lot of heat come up from outside and maybe some like uh, pollutions and other things. So this is one of the main things that we are all suffering from these days. In addition, I am an architect. And I always, when I have when I have any project, I feel so excited about it. Okay, but at the same time, I feel a bit guilty. The reason I feel guilty because as architects, urban designers, we remove a lot of trees to construct our buildings or infrastructure. So 
within the days while I'm doing my designs, I always try to have some trees in my buildings, having some trees in the urban environment that where I'm working on. But there's a lot of challenges, specifically with the um, um, like existing infrastructure that we have it like pipes or cables or whatever in outside and outdoors and on buildings. Sometimes we don't have efficient ways or methods to implement these trees. So this was the main reason, like I just want to focus more on this problem and solve it. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, so many of us, and let's, let's face it, cities have been around for a long time. <laughs> um, and I think most of us who have live in or work in a city just have this innate expectation that there are going to be a limited number of trees, right? Like you just don't expect it anymore. Um, but not having trees creates a whole host of challenges for that city. Can you tell us Absolutely. some of these challenges? Yeah, the main concerning thing is the urban heat islands. Like this is something becomes too major thing in the cities. In addition, like all the cities, they have a lot of uh, carbon emission and we don't have these trees to sequester that carbon, which make it very hard. And we coming to the global warming and other problems. And, you know, like you can see some images like in the Internet. Once you have a tree, you can feel like how much it can reduce um, the temperature and people enjoying the shading. In some places, you don't have that shading. Then people, they don't walk during the day. They wait until the night to be able to walk in that city. So some cities or some districts, you can find them like they are a bit non-livable. And it's become normal for people because it's their cities and they want to adapt with it. But we can solve it. So like why we, we, we cannot do some effort to that to solve it? Yeah. And, and as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm realizing it's not just about my comfort as I walk down a sidewalk. I mean, yes, in a hot, sunny day, it's always nice to walk under the, the comfort of a, the shade of a tree. Absolutely. But I'm also realizing, I mean, our streets are paved and they're black. <laughs> so they're absorbing all that heat if it's not blocked by a tree. And not only are they absorbing it, but then they're emitting it. So it's kind of you're getting like sandwiched between heat from the bottom up and from the top down. And and that heat does that's been absorbed doesn't go away, right? I mean, it it eventually goes away, but it's not an immediate loss. Yeah, absolutely. Which make it like in uh, afternoon or at night, still you feel the heat. Yeah. You know, yeah, you still feel the heat. In some cities, maybe that can be good if you have a cold environment in winter or whatever. But mostly with the global warming, it's not going to be um, a pleasant thing that you can have it in your city. So we need to tackle it. And actually, like there is a lot of city council, they're trying to solve that, but they didn't reach the correct solution that can help them to do that they, because they have a lot of challenges. They have existing infrastructure. They cannot avoid it. And, and that is, I mean, that's the main challenge, right? I, I mean, I've seen, a, I don't know how many times I've seen uh, trees, you know, cut into a sidewalk and it, it barely gets past the twig stage, let alone a, a thriving, you know, shade producing uh, specimen of health. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
um, like it's it's major thing and sometimes like some trees they grow too big so they're blocking um uh, visual um linking between the shops or like the pedestrians or some of them they just cover a bit part of the street so city council they have to cut them just to make the flow of uh, the traffic going better yeah yeah we still have these problems so if anybody's sitting here wondering you know well this seems not like an impossible thing why can't we just plant more trees why can't we just trim them when they get too big uh it, it's not as easy as it seems and this is where the the mo modular solution that you've built i think is brilliant do you want to tell us a little bit about uh your product and, and what it means yeah so basically as i said um most of the cities they already built up right and they already have this infrastructure on the sidewalks and they have this already existing sidewalks and the streets and the majority of the trees they already been taken out from uh these streets like you can see some of like the developed cities they still have some but mostly other cities in the second or third world they don't have much trees because they just keep expanding without planning so if we ask them like we don't have trees but can you add more trees they it will be like a very hard mission for them because they already invest so much on the infrastructure so they cannot remove it or maybe sometimes they don't have a place to add the trees there specifically if they have like pipes or electricity lines or water or stormwater like management tools like in that locations if they want to consider adding trees, that means they need to shift all this infrastructure, which is insane. They cannot afford it. They cannot afford all that uh, effort. That's why they just does not think about this solving this problem because the solution looking like it's too hard. But in our product, we manage it in different way. You can keep your green, you, the infrastructure that you have it in the city, but we can add planters on the top of that. Many cities, they're trying to do that. They call it as a tree box, okay? But they, these tree boxes, they need infrastructure and they need too much caring because they need uh, watering, they need uh, different types of caring. So uh, in the last three years, we investigate all of that and we try to find solution for each problem that they can face it with these three boxes. And then we introduced a smart tree box that they can use it and put it there. So the idea of this smart tree box is can uh, like harvest the water, can generate energy, can recycle the water uh, that is stored inside it. And it's connected to the Internet of Things and the city councils can connect it to their smart city models. So it can be much easier to um, like manage. OK, if there is any problem raised by that planter, it can be uh, as a notification for the city council. In addition, it has a smart uh, algorithm. It can provide everything that the trees need uh, specifically for the watering. And if there is a stress on the leaves, they can uh, we can have the mystic system to uh, reduce the temperature of these leaves and we have have an uh, indication for the water storage that it has been collected from uh, 
the rainwater or from the green water that can be harvested from a location near the that planter, which does not need like immediate or infrastructure to uh, provide the water right? because it's independent. So, and in addition, it has the smart uh, sensors and meters, which can provide good insight for the city councils about the temperature and other aspects of the greenery in their industries. And at the end, when we improve it, we provide uh, a holistic uh, frame for that uh, planter, so they act as a research station. And city councils, they can mimic any environment that they wanted inside that planter. So they can have insight about bushfire, they can have insight about the drought, uh, they can have insights about um, uh, the stormwater management in the city. So plenty of options, um, they can use it. In addition, the last thing I want to talk about, because I can talk about this for hours, you know. <laughs> so each planter, it has a QR code. And if anybody working in the city can scan this uh, QR code, they can learn a lot about the planter, its role in the street, and the species inside it. And they can mimic it and make something like for themselves, like learning from that. And it's connected to an open source uh, platform. It's not only for the city, it's for everyone to take benefit from the data collected from that. You know, I. It listening to how the connectivity works and not only notifying city council I'm, I'm reminded of a solution that was developed here in the u.s uh, part of a code for america program where it was adopt a hydrant because particularly for those communities that um, receive significant amounts of snowfall our our fire hydrants get buried in the snow and should there be a fire you don't want the fire department spending an hour or two looking for a fire hydrant because they're shoveling it out. Um, so it, people could adopt a hydrant and shovel it out after every storm. I can now see people adopting a tree and making sure that they're getting notifications as well so that when it's dry, they can add water when it's whatever. Uh, it's a really, it could be an interesting way to engage people in, in the development of a greener city for everybody. Absolutely, and it's not just for the city council to put it in the streets or plazas, because it's a modular system. They can put it in their buildings, and we have a small edition that people can use it for their uh, indoor plants and these other things. So if you want to travel, you don't need to worry anymore about your uh, plant. You don't need to worry about somebody, ask somebody to take care of it, because it can take care of itself. It's amazing. I, I mean, maybe there's hope yet for me to to keep something alive in my house. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely. In a, that's in a planting box. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's funny because like I love uh, interior plants, internal plants, but I don't able to care of them. So like one of the rationale, like by developing the smart irrigation system inside it, it's like to help me to have some internal plants as well. <laughs> Well, so you just mentioned there's various size of these planters. Uh, I just run through real quick. I mean, what are some of the use cases here besides just on the sidewalk, which we kind of focused on? But what other use cases are there? 
Uh, we can use it on buildings. So we have a lot of green roofs and buildings. They're suffering from the traditional um, like system. But now with this modular system, they can prevent a lot of problems that can happen for the building, especially for water leaking. If there is any problem happened with any tree in a building or if there is any leaking, they have to remove everything. But now it's just modular. They can remove this uh, planter and they can replace it but they don't need to worry where is the problem because every planter has its own system and uh, IP address and they can know where is the problem if there is a problem. Yeah. So, so this is for buildings and indoor plants and um, many other, we can say like if we have a plant, what is whatever the size of the plant, we can have solution for that by our system. Even like vertical green walls, for instance. Absolutely. It's the same principle. We are working in the same mm. principle. Yeah. So in that sense, there are plenty of rooftops and plenty of walls in a city. Um, so our cities could be tremendously uh, greener uh, if we wanted it. Which we hope to. You know, I would love to see our cities become much more greener. Well, Just to return to the old days. <laughs> the, the last question I ask all of our guests is, you know, projecting 50 years out, let's say that any any space that could possibly have uh, one of these modules um, is is actually growing a tree or plants or whatever. What does that mean? What does it mean for the people who are using it? What does it mean for their community? What does it mean for the world at large? There is a lot of benefits, especially for social benefit. You know, now these days, like you just living in a green infrastructure and just building boxes. You know, we don't have much uh, greener unless you are very fortunate and you are living in a resort or a very uh, extensive uh, like a community. But mostly other people, they don't. So uh, like the aspect of having that, like the social impact, people, they will more engaging with greener, especially in their building roofs. And instead of just like tiled roof, they can have this green space Spaces are treated as gardens. Like people, they don't walk in the street. They will start walking again in the street, enjoying that. And especially for me, I will open my window and see all these uh, like cool breezes and the clean air come back to me like when I was a kid. So this is the thing that we are looking to. Like, yes, we love cities, but you can see many people going to the outback to enjoy more with the greenery. But I think we can have the same aspect in our cities and we just... Uh, just on elements, we can just add them and it's not going to cause any problems, but it will provide a lot of benefits. Well, well said. Thank you so much uh, for, for being with us today. But for anybody who does want to learn more or, or perhaps look to, to purchase one and install it in their own home or community, how do they how do they do so? Uh, actually, we're still in the conceptualizing stage and we have uh, piloting uh, this um, uh, technology. And hopefully, like by the coming months, we we can have these product ready for people to start purchasing them. So uh, they can follow us on our website and in uh, our LinkedIn. And we will start uh, like advertising that once we are ready to go to the market. Great. And what is the website? Uh, it's uh, www.snsbe.com. 
snsbe.com. Terrific. Majed, thank you so much for, for really bringing the greenery back to our cities. We need it um, uh, for so many reasons. But also, thank you for your time joining us today on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.